Hello and welcome back to We Not Me, the podcast where we explore how humans connect to get stuff done together. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Pia Lee. How are you, Mr. Hammond? I'm well. Do you fancy cage fight, Pia? Should we, should we, oh, for God's sakes. Get, get... God's sakes. <laughs> I heard Kara Swisher on, on, on um, Pivot saying, no, she would not umpire that and she will not have nothing to do with it. It's just utter BS. I've, it makes me hopping mad that we are having our time wasted yeah. by people who are meant to have some kind of leadership and some kind of... And for the lucky listener who's missed this, this is somehow Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg deciding on Twitter, of all, all platforms, obviously, to have a cage fight. <laughs> it's just two boys, two boys playing, like, you know, and some kind of sort of macho patriarchal rubbish. Yeah. And they've all, there is a trend at the moment, isn't there, for these billionaires to sort of bulk up and sort of be a bit hench. And this seems to be another, another element of it. But the tragedy of it is that, you know, this is a time when we need so much leadership. We need the smart people to be solving the big problems of the world. We've got, and, uh, and they're, they're, they're engaged in these petty squabbles and, and they're, they're just playing while actually there are some serious things to do. And one of those things is what are we going, how's the world going to handle AI? This is, I certainly believe this is the biggest shift. This is bigger than the internet, advent of the internet, this is industrial revolution level change. And we seem to be just heading towards that positive and negative potential with that, with no, and, and the people who should be on the bridge are cage fighting or just being stupid. So it's it, leadership once again is in a pretty, pretty poor state just when we need it. Absolutely, hundred percent. They've let they, they've let themselves down, as my dad would say. They, they've let their school down, and they've <laughs> yeah. they've let everyone down. I think they have really let people down because I just think that yes, okay, it's going to appeal to some part of some male. I don't think women would go and watch it. I don't think, I don't think, and I think some men would want to enjoy watching it, but really we're just, it's an, it's an egotistical brawl. And it's, as you say, not really using their capacity and supposedly their brains to solve much bigger problems, but actually to, it's aggrandizement. And I just, I find it quite repulsive, actually. I'll be quite strong. I just... it, it really is. Yeah. I um I posted on LinkedIn about this because I remember when I was young, I learned this this idea of noblesse oblige, which you know, which means privilege comes with responsibility. And I used to think, oh, that's really good. How quaint is that? I mean, you know, th- these guys do not see that at all. So anyway, so um this 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 episode of We Not Me has started on a sort of slightly prickly. ranty stay, prickly, a little bit prickly, but we are, and it's it's something to rail against, and we do have to call it out it's unacceptable behavior and they need to grow up and get on the bridge and stop faffing about but i hope today's episode might start to sort of calm things down a bit we're going to go to the south of france we're going to be talking to benjamin dehan he's going to talk to us about ai and how that's going to impact our teams and the way we connect as humans so we'll have a little explore of this topic and hope that we and our listener can at least be a bit more proactive and positive about the revolution that is about to hit oh we hope And a warm welcome to you, Benjamin. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Dan and Pierre. I'm happy to be here. Welcome from the south of France. So we make this a truly global podcast today. <laughs> but I feel a little bit like the executioner. I hand you over to Dan for a small <laughs> degree of torture. So he's going to 
ask you the infamous question starter cards. But now I pull on my black hood and uh, take a card. Here we go. Let's see. This is a hope help us to get get to know you a little bit better. Oh well, this could uh, this could be an interesting one. The worst piece of advice I ever received. Do you want to phone a friend? Chat GPT, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chat GPT advice uh, were kind of okayish when it's not involving mathematics. Only if you start adding some calculation, it goes off track. And yeah, if you ask maybe for I don't know a diet plan or things like that, uh, it might yeah recommend weird things to do like eat very little calorie or way too much or it just doesn't know what to say. If it's about uh, like humans' advice, I'm not sure, but I think it's it evolves around. Maybe stay in your lane, don't try this, don't try that, uh, don't try to change your life. I don't have one person in particular in mind, but something that uh, came quite often in my life, like, oh, you should not try this, you should not try that, just stay how you are. And I think maybe it's a bit French thing, maybe, because we, we tend to, we are not like the Americans who are innovators and entrepreneurs, even if entrepreneur is a French word, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> but right. we are, I don't know, there's something in French culture, it's less about um, try, it's more like don't make mistakes instead of try make a mistake and, and go from there. Well, I, and I don't know if it's an urban myth, but didn't one of the US presidents reportedly say the French don't have a word for entrepreneur? Um, <laughs> but I, and I don't know if that's actually true, but it's, it's quite funny. Um, but, um, but anyway, but it's a brilliant setup actually, Benjamin, for your for for you to tell us a bit about you and uh, how you ended up in this place because I think um, probably you didn't take that advice and uh, this your story will will open that up a little bit. Actually, yeah. Uh, so you're right. It took me some time to 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 go beyond this kind of advice or vibe. It took me quite a lot of time to change career. So I may be a bumpy road, I would say. I think everything started to move. Um, Almost when I went to Japan a few years ago, I decided I was going to turn 30 and I wanted to, I always wanted to go to Japan. It was the last year to make some kind of visa, easy visa to go there. I was like, okay, I need to find a way to make money online. It started like that. I'm not going to explain everything, of course, but I went through learning a bit web design, marketing, and then COVID happened. At that time, I was starting to learn about UX, UI, and I started to discover design thinking and, and just workshop in general, I would say. I did some VR design and facilitation work for a startup. And at the same time, I jumped into the AI trend. Uh, since then, I, I'm mainly in AI. I'm still using AI. So far, it's working. Now I'm trying to learn how to code using AI because it's something I always, always missed to learn how to code. It's still a high skill in demand, I would say. And using AI as a private teacher is really a great way to catch up. You know, you can learn much faster. It's someone that will never say, oh, I'm tired of explaining this again to you. Oh, yeah. Never <laughs> tired. It's quite cheap. <laughs> you can ask it a 24 hour, any question. Of course, the code is not always good for the month, but you can ask it to correct the code after. But using AI as a private teacher to learn something is great, depending of which skill you want to learn. Thank you for that. And that's a brilliant background for us today, because we are here to talk about how humans connect to get stuff done. So we really want to talk about what's the likely impact of AI potential on how we relate together as humans, possibly in teams, possibly more broadly than that. What's the, what's the current AI landscape looking like and how might that start to maybe maybe for the listener just to break it down if you didn't know much about AI what's actually happening right now so that we can then get down and see how it might affect humans sure so if we think mainly about collaboration because we could go even broader but let's focus on collaboration you have AI who is 
acting as a participant, as maybe a co-pilot for workshop design, I would say. Um, it can pretend to be some personas, for example. You can use it even to run fake. For example, I, I run a fake design sprint with AI. I asked the AI to behave as five different persons, and I was giving it challenges, trying to brainstorm and select the answers and that kind of thing. So you used AI to basically adopt different personas. So you almost made a either a sort of either customer personas or team personas to, to actually collaborate with. Is that, is that yeah, right? Yeah, so maybe it's already too detailed. I'm not sure. But what I did was I wanted to see if you can run a full design sprint only using AI. I was the only human because I was giving the prompt and a bit of um, direction. So I asked the AI basically to behave as a designer, a developer, I don't know, a project manager, different position. And then it was answering based on these roles it had to play. So in one prompt, you get five answers. Then I said, can you generate 30 ideas about I don't know, that problem, that topic, that something? Can you create me how might we? Then I was getting how might we from this different perspective also. Um, then it was all together and I said, okay, can you vote on the one that makes more sense from this different perspective? And I had some results. So at some point, it's hard to know if it's really a usable material or not, because it's famous that sometimes they say the AI might answer what it thinks you want to hear rather than what it is true, for example. So I was never sure, but the experiment was, can I do it only with AI? So at the end, I got some kind of results, some prototype. Uh, to create. Of course, the AI didn't create the prototype, but I had the, the guideline. And I asked also, can you behave like a, a user test? I create the persona for this thing. Then can you behave like this persona, for example, try this thing? What would you give as a feedback? So you can go quite far, but at some point, just hard to know if it's valuable or not. You would have to compare with a real human to see if it's close or not. But that was an interesting experiment. But what I can say is that AI, for example, for the moment is added in most of the collaborative tools, such as Mural, Miro, and StormZ, to generate ideas as an extra participant. Uh, personally, I think the answer the AI gives is almost as the average Joe, I would say. Like if you ask 10 persons to generate 50, uh, how might we about anything? If you add the AI inside and you don't say to the person there is an AI, I think most of the people would not spot it because the answers are kind of average. I think some people don't like that, but I think personally it's already a bit uh, average level. AI can be innovative, but it's only by a combination because the data it is trained off on, sorry, it's huge. And so it can do connection that uh, maybe a human did already somewhere, but you don't know. So it can make great innovation by combination. You could say here is a skateboard. Here's a VR headset and give me 10 ideas to combine both, for example. That's what a human can do also. What it won't do is to find something that is not already somewhere in the world. But it's already quite good, I think. Like a lot of innovation from the humans come from the combination of stuff. So I think you can already do some innovative thinking with AI, I would say. And, and what's been your biggest learning? I, I Two things. I, I think like... Hmm, Maybe I would say more people should try the tools. I mean, when I, I tried a lot of different things with AI from personal to professional life and many experiments, I think you can do already a lot with AI, really a lot. But on the other hand, you really need to double check the results because sometimes you just get an error out of nowhere. And, and the AI is really like it speaks like it thinks it's true what it is saying, 
And so if you have no idea about the topic and the AI says something wrong and you don't know it's wrong because you don't know about the topic, it can be misleading. So it's super powerful, but you should have a way to double check, which it's kind of contradictory because if you ask something complicated, you don't know, and then you have to double check, then you could just do the you search do first, you know? <laughs> and but on that front, one of our previous guests, um, Ian Smith, um, who was actually talking about the metaverse, but um, he says that ChatGPT is he's is a nice summary. I think it's an amoral bullshitter. I think he's think he can see the positive, but you have to be careful of this dark side. Is that it's not going to think about what's right, and also it will make stuff up. And I thought it was very interesting to say that it's a bit of a people pleaser. So you've got another character in your team which you have to sort of with its own personality traits. Is that a temporary? Is that a, is that a temporary phase? Are we going to get into an area where it has it can it takes both of those two out? Maybe has some values and stops bullshitting. <laughs> I would say yes and no. At least what I can say is that uh, I, I read that recently. So the the part where it says something that it thinks you want to hear, it's part because maybe there is not enough data on the topic you are asking it on, on what on which it was trained, and so it doesn't really know, and so we just try to guess because he's not sure because of the data he was trained off, not enough. But what you can already do to bypass a bit this thing, this behavior, you can also ask the AI to behave like X, Y, Z. And so you could say behave like someone who is a critical thinker and who will always trying to bring me the contradiction to what I'm saying, for example. In that case, it will not say probably something you think you want to hear, unless we think that he wants you to hear the contradictory thing. <laughs> but you can ask the AI to behave as different kind of persona and you can try to bypass, but I think it will evolve. Uh, the more there's data trained on, the better it will get. One of um, Pierre and my our, our favorite podcasts is Pivot, and um, Scott Galloway on there always says, you, you won't lose your job to AI. You're going to lose this, your job to someone with AI or who knows AI. So if we take that into teams or groups of people, you know, you could say you won't be outperformed by AI. You'll be outperformed by a team with AI. So um, potentially, what if you fast forward five years, what would a really high performing team look like is leveraging this technology? Yeah, I think if everything stays kind of as it is and just grow, let's say there's not a huge uh, exponential change. Basically, every team member will have his or her own AI assistant and it will be for everything probably. I mean, work related could be life, but let's speak about uh, just work. So everyone will have his or her own AI assistant. There will be also some almost AGI from the company, at least, an AI that knows everything about the company, train on all documentation that you could invite also to the meeting. You would have the, so the humans, their AI assistant, maybe some bigger AI from the company that could go here and there to work with everyone. And maybe even the AI between companies might talk together to do things that maybe we won't have to do anymore, but let's just think it's not really changing. Um, I think everyone will have his own AI assistant just to work faster, think faster, uh, and do everything faster. Basically, it's like everyone would have a, a virtual assistant, for example, or an executive assistant for everything. You can just give more tasks to them and focus on really the high value task, which for humans is still thinking. And even I think there's a huge part around yeah, emotion, emotional uh, intelligence, that kind of things that AI cannot do yet. That's the kind of things we would keep, especially in design thinking or in UXUI, like the human-centered things and trying to have empathy to your user. I think AI can mimic it, but probably not really do it for the moment. So that's what we are going to focus on probably. 
Is there a danger that that the humans are the are the fatal flaw in AI? So you know, I I think about how we rather like to be wowed and seduced by things, <laughs> and 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 then to sort of feel a bit like we've got a a quick win to not having to work so hard, and that that surely is that's quite powerful if it's not necessarily true or is an amoral bullshitter then then that's got a danger a danger attacked attached to it i think i agree but i think uh, at some point it might be just a huge worldwide society question do we want ai to do kind of everything for us at least the things we should do to make the world work for example and we would just do like i don't know art culture whatever creation uh, i know it sounds a bit weird but maybe one day we will have to ask ourselves this question. Do we want the AI to do everything or do we want to do it by ourselves because we enjoy it, for example, or because we think there's more value to do it ourselves? It's a real question. I'm not sure what's the answer. You know, depending if you don't like your job and you could get the same salary with an AI doing it for you, probably you would do it, for example. If you are really passionate about what you are doing, you might not want the AI to do it for you. Interesting. So um, just diving into this, team idea we've talked a lot on this podcast about um diversity inclusion and diversity and well diversity inclusion i suppose um but is is that another area that if you have a team that you feel is a bit you need some other element you need something else can the ai play will they be able to play a part even if you don't have a human that you could possibly get it to be someone different, get it to react in a different way than the people you've got, have a different way of thinking. So it could potentially build your diversity um, or are we some way off from that? I think it's an interesting question, uh, but I, I would say one thing at least probably you saw, there was some AI experiment uh, recently. And for example, in the few days, I think on Twitter, it just became racist, for example, because it was just learning on everything and then there's no filter, it learns on... <laughs> So you might have this kind of bias. Also, I, for example, in the visual AI, like Midjourney, uh, when you ask a picture of a doctor, for example, it might give you uh, a white man more often than uh, something else, someone else, you know? So you have this kind of bias that you have to be careful of, especially if you ask for diversity point of view. It, yeah, <laughs> you might have that kind of things here and there. But I think it's interesting to, uh, to ask the AI to act like someone from a different culture, for example, um, but maybe be careful because of this bias, just of the data it was trained off, for example. And uh, the, the bad side of the humans actually are may sometimes multiply inside AI. Yeah, that, that is fascinating, isn't it? That AI has arrived for the human race at a time when we seem to be at our lowest. You know, I think someone said, someone, someone posted recently, you know, there could come a time when AI is more intelligent than humans. And I think, well, right, that's a pretty low bar right now because, you know, it's we're not doing really that well. You know, Facebook and TikTok, we've allowed them to destroy democracy and cause teen depression. I mean, our handling of AI isn't isn't great. So our humanity is, is sort of rather weak at this time, I think, when this comes in. So what can we do to sort of be really conscious about the advent of AI and and make the right choices we go for? And it's probably a big question because there's a lot of intergovernmental stuff that needs to be done. But what can we all do to just keep an eye on things? Yeah, so I think the first thing probably that is obvious is that Everyone should learn a bit about this, what's happening, what it can and cannot do, the problems, the pros and cons. And 
because we think sometimes when you are in the tech, we think that everyone knows and everyone uses ChatGPT, for example. But the truth is, like at the world scale, not so many people are using it yet. Of course, someone tried the chatbot somewhere, and they have a chatbot on Snapchat, on Facebook, on everywhere. But not everyone played with something like ChatGPT. So maybe first thing would be that people are aware of it. And recently, for example, OpenAI, they are looking for people to work on projects where AI would be added to like democracy and how can we use AI to bring more democracy to the world, something like that. It's the same as in sci-fi scenario, you know, maybe the AI would be better than us to manage humanity, maybe, because it would be more fair and everything. But do we want to be in a world where the machine controls our destiny? Yeah, people should be more informed and take time. And then we should think about it all together, like what do we want to do with this thing? I think it's a tool, it's just a very powerful tool, so it depends on how we use it. So It strikes me as interesting that in terms of regulation, if you don't wear a, a helmet when you're on a bike, you'd get fined. But we don't have anything yet to regulate AI and the use of it. And yet the cat is well and truly out the bag. I can't see how they can rein this back in because it's already integrated in so many systems. And that concerns me because why do we have regulation on a number of things that are for humankind's governance, safety, mental health, and then things <laughs> like TikTok, Facebook, that have had no governance whatsoever or regulation are now being proved to have a detrimental effect in a whole number of different ways. So I can see that in the right hands, this would be extraordinary AI and will make things and, and, and enable people to have access to information they've never had it. In the wrong hands, then I do lie awake at night worrying about that. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. And it, it already happened at a low level and it might definitely happen at a high level. That's why I think it's really profound and it's a kind of also a mirror, you know, it's a kind of mirror to society and it happened already before. So do we want the government to control this? Should it be private, public, both decentralized? Because that the things that are happening with the web-free technology, for example, maybe a good thing is around decentralization so more people can have a word about something. For the regulation, I think it's already a debate in many places. Uh, some private companies doesn't want to follow the government rule, but sometimes there's even no rules for the moment. So it's really blur, and it's a kind of a fight between 100% private, innovative things and the government who wants to regulate and control. And it's it's you cannot have just one; it's both regulate, control, innovation. But you need the rules, and so they are just trying to adjust. Where do we stand? It appeared to take a lot of governments by surprise. I'm sure not China or Russia, but um, but it, I feel the UK government was sort of oh you know were they it's like they heard about AI when everyone in the pub heard about it. Um, so I, I feel pretty like we're not that well prepared. So Benjamin. It's a massive field. I mean, we've had a roving discussion. We sort of probably asked more questions even than we've managed to answer. But I suppose that's the way with an emerging technology. What could let's bring this down to earth? What could someone specifically do to step into this, to put dip their toe in the AI world? If they're thinking, well, how do I make a start so that I, I at least have some understanding of it, and particularly potentially around working with other humans? But what's what is their what is their path to make a make make that first step? Well, I, I know it's not going to sound like uh, super smart or anything, but I, I think the first step is just to open your browser, open ChatGPT, and start saying anything. I know it sounds stupid, but you really need to try. If you've never tried, you should try. 
Then if you try, you should start asking many, many different things just to grasp a bit what it can do. It could be like about private life, like can you give me advice for, I don't know, food, sleep. You could say, how do I plan my holidays if I want to go somewhere, for example. Then you could say, this is my work. This is my technical description for my work. Can I do it better? Or my work is to collaborate with humans. Can you generate me ideas for icebreakers, for example? I think people should just try quite broad, and then they will see what it can and cannot do. It's maybe good uh, good thing to try in your own field so you can already judge the result. Because if you have something you have no idea, well, you have no idea, so it's just fun. But I think try something in your own field to just get an idea of what it can do. Sometimes also the AI, actually, it's not going to say something all the time. If it's like, if, depending on the keyword you use, or if it thinks it's going to be like, I don't know, a criminal topic, whatever, like that, risky, it might just say, sorry, I cannot answer this question. So you can see also that there are things you cannot ask. But I think people should just try uh, to, to see what it can do. Yeah, that's the first thing I would say, just try, explore, experiment. The, the AI is very smart, but also very stupid. There is not this like human intuition of understanding between humans, you know. So sometimes you would ask a question to a human, you would understand everything implicitly. But if you ask the AI, you will have to be specific about many things that you sh you would not say to a human for the same question. That yeah. can be surprising sometimes. I did find that interesting when we were we, we're experimenting ourselves with um, using um, AI to coach, and it was interesting writing the prompt as in sort of setting it up. Well, it it did force us to be really disciplined about briefing a coach to say what are your boundaries. Is what you, it was quite. It, it was a good human learning to say how do I do this without making any assumptions? So, um, yeah, that was fascinating. Uh, so, look, I think that's a great tip, Benjamin. And as you say, if people tried in their own field, they can give it a go, dip their toe in the water and uh, see where they go. So I'm sure this is going to have a massive impact. You've sort of opened the curtains on that for us a little bit today on how this might affect how humans are going to interact in the future. But Benjamin, thank you so much for, for doing so and for being a guest on the show today. Thank you very much, both of you. I can just add maybe one quick thing. Um, it's based on my work, pre-work. When I'm freelancing for clients, for example, for web design, you know, they kind of prompt me like I'm the AI. They prompt me, can you create me a website for XYZ? And there are clients that knows how to ask and some that doesn't know how to ask. And it's the same with AI. Some might say, can you make me a nice website? What do you want to do with this question? You know, some other might say, I would like to use these colors, this typo. The goal of the landing page would be X, Y, Z. The more information you have, the better you can do the job related to what the person wants. It's the same with the robot. If you say, make me a nice website to the AI, yeah, no idea. But if you start saying the parameters and the the goals and everything, then you get better results just to relate. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, very, um, very true. So interesting how the human and the desire for outcomes and the clarity around that still has a, a is, is even more profound here because no one's going to pick that up and interpret it if you're using AI. So yeah, brilliant final insight. Thank you, Benjamin. And thank you again for being on the show. Thank you, both of you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> Well, we started this conversation a little bit prickly. I think um, I'm feeling it. Uh, I mean, Benjamin's delightful and he, he really... Yes, he's not prickly. He's lovely. He was honest and, and he shared the whole thing. And obviously, there's some huge benefits to AI and there is another side to it. And I think Hillary Clinton said quite rightly recently, every technology in history has 
two sides to it or several sides to it. You know, they, they, it's not all positive. It's not negative. Think back to, yeah, industrial revolution, the car, the internet, you know, Facebook, Uber, whatever you want to say. But I think as a point, as you said in the conversation, the regulation seems to trail that. But I also, I, I fear looking, this looking, looking at the really big picture here, we've got a lot of governments at the moment that don't even feel they should govern. You know, they're sort of a bit, They've got that sort of libertarian, oh, let this go, or that they're not sufficiently informed. You know, we've got in the UK, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. We have the UK COVID inquiry going on at the moment. It's very evident that the government was not prepared for that, whereas actually everyone knew there was going to be a pandemic at some point, but that there was Ill, Ill preparedness. We knew AI was coming, and again, we're not prepared. So I think we're going to be constantly in catch up on regulation. And once it's let out, the bag, as I say, then you've got, it's like crack cocaine. Everyone's slightly hooked. They love the idea. Of course, sells beautifully. Here's something that's going to make your life easier and be really fun to play with. It's like a toy, but it really benefits you and it's going to do this and that and the other. And all of a sudden we're seduced. It's a little bit like, you know, it, it, it's about like giving very young children a phone. You've got to really make a conscious choice because there, there isn't a, that we could get addicted to things. It's not the it's not the technology. It's the humans interacting with the technology. That's the that's the and whether we've got the capacity because I think this there are huge health, social, welfare benefits that you can really see in aspects of society. This is regulated in a way that actually could be amazing. Yeah. Oh. I mean, you can take Mayo Clinic standard medicine to Uganda, for example. You know, that it'll just beam it straight in there, the best in the world um, at low cost. And and yet on the other side is this. And I think we, yeah, it was, to your point, though, the it was unedifying to see a lot of tech, technologists and even the architects of this technology trying to get the cat back in the bag, didn't they? They said, oh, we should stop it. And, of course, one thing thought about that says, well, if, Basically, if the U.S. stops, you know, China and Russia, everyone else is North Korea. They're going to keep going. So we have to move fast. So, yeah, it's interesting. So I think and um, I was fascinated, though, by and if we think about teams and how people work together, I could see a time when you've got a character in your team that is an AI. I really liked his, you know, his idea also that you could have an AI in your team that is a general AI and it knows everything about your organization. So it'd be really amazing, wouldn't it, if you were working in a huge company like some of our customers and it knew everything. And it, it was just like an oracle that just says, ah, oh, these things, I've joined them up, I've found this data and this is a this is a thing. So, you know, that that could be really exciting. And also possibly have an AI down the line that is a super creative person or a super rational person or whatever and working out how we collaborate with them. Or a way for a leader to practice performance conversations and to run those out with an AI figure and then yeah. get the feedback before you actually go into it rather than make a catastrophe of a conversation with an individual. There's all sorts of things. And there's innovation, putting things together. That, that, but we have to own it. It can't yes, that's the provide. Thing. This, you've, got, you've got to own that. And I, I saw an article from a professor saying that the middle band of students that were doing quite well are, have actually dropped a, a lot of their results because they've stopped researching and they're believing the, they're writing essays through ChatGBT without verifying any of the data and it's wrong. 
And even I think the, the CEO of ChatGBT said, oh, by the way, it, it's not all correct. Yeah. You've got to verify it. So let's not get too excited by the sales hype and just get sure down the hold line of the cat. Figure that out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I really like that. Um, that, that, that is probably the thing that I'm, I'm left with. We are in charge. Um, we have to remain in charge. And, you know, that last point that Benjamin made, which was, you know, that if you brief an agency, being a marketing person, you know, I know people tend to brief agencies really badly, but if you can brief an agency well, or if you can write a really good prompt, that is you being in charge of your desired outcomes and and getting clear about it. That's the human. And then you will assess the the um, the result either by testing it on other humans or by testing by uh, evaluating it yourself. But still the human, we can't delegate our <laughs> things to AI um, just yet. I'm sure that water level will rise, we'll delegate more and more, but um, we we still don't have responsibility. And also what is left, you know, when the machines are doing a lot, I think we, I hope that we will start to cherish our own humanity because in, you know, as, as all those sort of things that we've been doing post-industrial, blah, 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 as they're taken away from us, the bit that remains above the water level is our humanity, our emotions, our connections, um, you know, all of those good things. And with the possibility we'll get really clear on what that is, what it is to be human. And it's not to be a drone working in a factory. Let's um, let's see. An, a, a prickly start, but I hope an optimistic end. Let's an see optimistic if there's any chance of that happening. <laughs> Excellent. But that is it for this episode. You can find show notes and resources at squadify.net. Just click on the We Not Me podcast link. If you've enjoyed the show, please do share the love and recommend it to your friends. If you'd like to contribute to the show, just email us at wenotmepod at gmail.com. We Not Me is produced by Mark Stedman of Origin. Thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.